everyone. This is Rob. Uh, I'm just going to put this in at the beginning of the episode. I would want you guys to listen to this whole bonus episode because toward the end, there is a surprise that I think you are going to like. All right. Bye. Welcome, everybody. This is a bonus episode. I just jumped right into it. Marty's like freaking out. Yeah. We're just going to do, we just got done watching the first three episodes of Vox Machina (laughs) off Amazon Prime. Right. And if you haven't watched it, you need to. It's funny. That's an understatement. Yeah, very, very good. D and D fans, if you're not even if you're not D and D fans, well, I'm, I'm just saying, D and D fan, if you're not watching this, you're you're an idiot. Yeah, because it okay. We'll talk first about the animation. It reminds me so much of the classic Dungeons and Dragons yeah. cartoons. Plus, it's got a good mix of like the Japanese anime, but not way, way right, overboard. Right. It's uh, like like when you get into action stuff, it has much more of a fast paced. Uh, Japanese sensibility uh, with the action, which is just fantastic. But yeah, even the intro actually gives me the old D and D cartoon vibe. Oh, it yeah. really does. It, it's it does. Fantastic. A little backstory: This is um, Vox Machina. It was created by the Twitch channel Critical Role. Yeah, Critical Roles. Well, they got back. By Amazon, they did a Kickstarter program and they made eleven million dollars uh, with eighty thousand people donating, and it's actually really good. It is. I don't know oh, what else. If you play D and D, even if you have never played D and D, you can watch. And you have friends that play D and D. Go watch us because what these characters do is just like what your buddies do in the basement. They act the same way, which is awesome. It's really realistic. It's yeah, like yeah. a homebrew game, which it is. <laughs> yeah, it's based off of. And every line in there, I'm thinking. I think I've heard my friend oh. say that when we've been playing D and D. Oh my god, yeah, no, absolutely. It, it, it's like a lot of the memes where it's like, oh, the, the, my adventuring party in in my imagination, and it's like you know, knights of the round, and then the the, the second part of the meme is this is how our our adventure really turns out, and it's the knights for Monty Python. That's <laughs> realistically how ninety nine percent of all uh, games go, and it, it's very realistic. How they do theirs, where it's just... It's just random fuckery. lines that just pop in and <laughs> right. keep going on. That, yeah, it's things we're, that... We're not going to tell table. you. We're not going to spoil no, any of the no. episodes. So, But yeah, no, it's very reminiscent of any table I've either DM'd or played at. Yeah. <laughs> where it's just in between everybody just saying stupid shit to each other. It's like, yeah, no, I've, I've been there. Yep. <laughs> seen, seen that conversation. No, it's... I can't, There's so much you could say about it, but I'm just saying, if you have... If you have Wonder what D and D is like. Watch this. This will actually give you the real world taste of what goes on because Matt Mercer is an awesome storyteller. Oh, yeah, yeah, he the story. These are all from his mind. These are from Matt Mercer. Yeah. Made these up. These are not stuff you can get at any store. And it's the story he made for the first campaign. He's done three campaigns. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully the first season's with the first campaign. Yeah. Because I know how that ends, and that'd be totally kick-ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be great. The second campaign, I haven't watched any of it. No, I've only watched first. Is yeah. the only, as far as I've gone with uh, the Critical Role stuff. Uh, but they're all over stuff. Yeah, they're all over YouTube. If you want to watch the videos of these people, because they're actually high-priced voice actors. Oh, yeah. yeah. Doing D&D and... One of them's uh, Pike, the one that plays Pike. She's been in a lot of movies. Holy oh, yeah, cow! Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, all of them actually have a pretty healthy list of of voiceover work. Uh, and yeah, it's the, the downside with with things like Critical Role is a lot of people have 
fallen into what is now called the Matt Mercer effect, where players see Critical Role and they get into a game and they get mad because their game isn't going like Matt Mercer's is. And it's like, you got to understand, these guys are professional voice it's, actors. It's not, a, it's, it's not, there's, there's a, okay, no offense to anybody out there, there's good DMs and there's bad oh, yeah. DM. Matt Mercer is what you would call oh. what everybody wants to achieve. Yeah, but there's also a good, oh, first of all, before we can't go any further, I've told one of the DM I know, it's its birthday today, Jason Byrne. Oh, really? Happy birthday, Jason Byrne. Hell I know yeah. you listen to us, but he's a DM and he's, yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's a very good DM. He's very good, man. Yeah, his his storytelling ability is is pretty top notch, man. He's I, I've played with a lot of different people. I've never actually played in one of Jason's games, but I've talked with the guy. And I he's know a really it's more stuff. like a cerebral thing. Yes, it's, it's more with D and D. You don't have you have little figures, but you got to use your imagination. If you don't have imagination, right. you are not going to have any fun playing D and D. No, probably not. You're not going to enjoy. You got to be pretty impromptu too on a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, especially. On the DM side, which is most of the time what I do, I, I, I've played with a, quite a few different people, and I've only run into a handful of DMs that I'm like, oh my god, this guy is fucking great. Uh, most I mean, not that the others have been bad, but there are some people, they just have it. It's yeah. crazy. Unlike me, I tried DMing one time. Yeah, I didn't have it. I'm a better <laughs> player than I am a DM. <laughs> ah, yeah, so yeah, I've DMed since I was in high school. Uh, it's fun to get to play once in a while, but uh, yeah, some people like like a friend of mine, and I love the guy. But but DMing, he tries to map out every single possibility, and you just can't do that. You will drive yourself insane. No, ninety percent of my DMing is is if we have a session, I have a basic idea of what we're gonna do, and they will throw most of that out the fucking window in the first ten minutes of doing anything. <laughs> And then the rest of it is me winging it along with whatever bullshit that they're throwing at me. That's the nice thing about D&D. There is, unless you buy like a box campaign, if you're just right. doing a homebrew game, oh, yeah, yeah. everything goes. It's like, you got to be really flexible. Oh, like, yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. perfect DMing is a perfect thing for like the crypto world. You have to be flexible with your ideas. Right, right. Because if you're not flexible, you're not having fun. Yeah. And, unless and, you're a gymnast and they're all just right, right. At both time, your players aren't going to have a lot of fun either. If, if it's like, but but you can't do that because because I want you to go over here. That that's no fun for the players either. You kind of just got to make shit up sometimes as you yeah. go. Now that being said, I do like uh, book manuals. I'm actually when I've got a homebrew going right now, and I think when I'm finished that, we're all talking about doing uh, Frost Maiden, which is a pretty brutal brutal campaign, but. It's kind of nice because there is a little bit less work as a DM. Because you just have to read up through the sections of what you're going to be doing. Instead of like, okay, what am I going to completely make up off the top of my head that we're going to go with here? Yeah. There's good and bad in both. But yeah, no, no. uh, Mercer's stuff, is he is, I would consider a top tier DM. Just the imagination, the, the work that goes into it. Uh, his voiceover stuff is his voices are fantastic, and like I said, you're you're looking at that show. It's a the critical Template. role shows. It is a very polished, yes. because these guys are all professionals. Yeah, your 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 random group, even of like I play with just all friends. It's no okay. This guy is coming over. No, it's people I've known for a long time, and they know the level of fuckery I will do, but they also know it's not going to be that. Uh, 
critical role level of, of role playing that we're going to have because yeah, I'm not a professional voice actor. And I have another full-time job. I hired you to be this podcast with <laughs> right, a professional right? voice actor. What's wrong with you? I am a good forager, though. See, and that's how I got my uh, my credentials through. But uh, yeah. No, but this little short episode is just is our quick overview of Vox Machina. And right. it, it, you guys need to watch it. It's it, just... It's, it's got swearing. It's an adult cartoon. Don't let little kids watch it. That's for sure. I mean, in this day and age, I would hope that most people understand just because something's animated doesn't mean it's for kids because it's very much not. Uh, although I did notice that uh, the first two episodes are rated 18 plus. Yeah. Episode three is 16 plus. And the only difference is there's no nudity in, in episode three. Yes, that's the only difference. But, uh, yeah, no, it, it's definitely not for kids. Uh, <laughs> the cat just hit the curtain. I'm like, what the hell? I was like, it's moving. What, what came down here? But, yeah, no, it's a fantastic series. It really is. If you like funny stuff, and if, especially if you're into, like, fantasy thing, it, it's it's very, very good. It's a... Uh, a lot of like little innuendo jokes through through. And I know it's too like episode. a lot. You got to pay attention like with anything like movies out there. You got to pay attention to the background. Oh yeah, because some of the stuff you see in the background is foreshadowing for what's going to happen. Right. There's little Easter eggs, if you will, yep. of, of things. But yeah, it, it's it's fantastic. I was on the fence of this series. Like I have told you, I've, I've gotten kind of burned out of the fandom of a lot of the people that love Because a lot role. of the time I agree with you, like some fandoms can get toxic. Right. Like with anything. Yeah, and, and not to take apart anything in Critical Role, because they've done a lot of great stuff, and it's fantastic, and I love it, but I've just kind of gotten almost burned out of hearing about Critical Role. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I love those guys, and it's... So I was hoping the show would be good, and it does not disappoint, man. No, it's, it doesn't it's disappoint at all. Uh, just everything about it, top to bottom. Animation's good. Uh, storytelling, of course, is fantastic. Opening theme is good. Yeah, opening sequence I, I love. Uh, yeah, the whole thing is just absolutely fantastic. Just every character is, is I don't want to say cliched version of that, but they are... That is the barbarian. I mean, that yep. is that is a, that a fantastic a barbarian. Yep. The bard is most definitely your uh, your your, your, your bard picture bard, and yeah, it's it's fantastic. It really is. Great characters, animation's great. Uh, it's nice. I think that the the episodes are basically thirty to forty minute chunks yep. instead of an hour long show. Well, it's really nice. I, I was only expecting one episode, but right. they dropped three. Yeah, all in one shot, which yep. is kind of cool. Which I mean. It's a new series. It makes sense to kind of pull people in a little more. Yep. We've given them a couple episodes to get more of a feel for who and the backstory, are. kind of some of the characters right. in that. So. Yeah, no, it's a definitely recommended watch. Uh, I, I I really like it actually. It's, well, we can't say enough about it. Right. but We are going to stop talking about right. it. Now. It's just it, a little bonus episode. It did so. exceed my expectations. But if you listen this far. I have a UFO report, UFO report that was sent to me today that Marty has not even seen. I have not even told him. I've been no. biting at the bit to tell him about what this, but I have not. So if you listen this far, as another bonus, you're going to get, I'm going to read for word the UFO report we got today. Wow. Okay. I did not know anything about This UFO report that I got today is from our one of our past guests, Cody. And this is what he says. Hey, I'm a couple episodes behind. I just started the Chupac- Chupaca. You spelled Chupacabra wrong. 
episode, and you guys are talking about a local UFO sighting, which is one we were talking about with the two nurses, yep. which made me remember the time I saw something strange in South Shore. It was dark out, no wind, we were out hunting raccoons, and we seen this thing hovering in the, in the air. It was just a very faint, small ball of light over towards like Waverly or Watertown. This takes place in South Shore, so from South Shore, it's kind of to the northeast. Yeah. No, south. South. Southeast. Southwest, sorry. Watertown, where we were, or Waverly or Watertown from where we were. So, probably about 5, 10 miles away to the southwest. It started getting brighter after watching it for a while. We realized it was headed toward us like a straight at our direction. Oh. In about 45 seconds, it was straight overhead, about 200 feet up, still on a northeast trajectory. No moon, no wind, no light at all as far as being able to see what it was. Right. It blew, I blew it off as a drone. This was shortly after the big spike in people buying drones for personal use. Right. All we could see was a small light on the nose and two blinking lights on the back that were red and green. So that's, so that's where I got that it was a drone. The lights on the back were super bright. The weird thing was there was absolutely no sound. Drones are very powerful and very loud. Should have been able to hear it, but there was no noise whatsoever. We ran to the truck and followed it because we were like, I know this battery, I know those batteries only last for 10 minutes, roughly, and it should damn near be out of range for whoever was flying it to come from over by Waverly. Right. Then flying past South Shore, because basically they followed it from Waverly to South Shore. Jesus. So we thought it was going down. We got in my truck, drove to Salisbury, then got on the Highway 20. All the while, we could see it to the northeast of us. We followed it all the way to the big hill on 20, which is roughly, I know where this hill's at because it's pretty close to my parents' house. Yeah. It's about five miles outside to the east of Shore. Before you go down to the railroad track crossing, the object was still in the air, and from what we could tell, for how fast it was gaining distance on us, it was somewhere over Millbank near the power plant when we finally couldn't see the lights through the binos anymore. Jesus. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's no drone. Then he comes back and says, uh, like, I'd always, like I'd always just sworn it off as a drone and forgot about it. Your podcast always sways people to think differently. Open your mind to the possibilities that otherwise and maybe a person still doesn't believe in. Kind of cool. That, yeah. Uh, to me, what's interesting is the direction it goes. Or the power plant. Well, just to the northeast anyways. Both times I've seen something super weird. Both times it was heading northeast when I've run into these things. Really? Yeah. I haven't really seen any. <laughs> yeah, both times I was sitting there thinking here in town, and then when I was in Brookings, northeast is the direction these things are flying. Yeah. Which is just weird. But I find it funny because I actually looked up how long today drone batteries last. And take a guess how long the normal drone battery of the top-rated drone battery lasts. Like like a commercial? Yeah, like you can buy. A person can buy. How long do you think the battery Uh, lasts? Maybe a 20-minute jump, maybe? Yep. The top max flight time, this is a DJI Inspire 2, has one of the longest-lasting drone battery lives, topping the charts at a max flight time of 27 minutes. Not only that, it has a whopping transmission range of 4.3 miles. Which is good. But now, if you go like that, if you're between Waverly and South Shore, that's more than 4.3 miles. Yeah, you'd have to have somebody that was also in a car. driving along with this to stay in that range. Yeah. Because that's, yeah, if you're going from 
close to Waverly, heading all the way up to Millbank. That's the only road you could really miles. take yeah. is twenty. Yeah, and you'd be hopped. I'd be hauling butt for as fast as you, that You're was right. going. And he says it was going northeast, and that's all pasture land. Yep. If he's on yeah, twenty, he sees it to the northeast. Yep. That's all pasture yeah, land. Because I grew nothing, up in that country. Yeah, there's nothing out there. No. Well, there's a few houses, but right, yeah, but nothing. There's no major roads. There's no real towns until you get, get up to yeah. Millbank. So uh, that was just something we got sent into us, and my computer just holy hell glitched. <laughs> Great, DARPA's fucking with my internet again. <laughs> Damn it, the reporting. No, but I like people. If you have these UFO reports, send them to us. We'll read them on air, even if they're the little short ones like Cody's. But you got to think back in the past. You've seen stuff in the sky, and it doesn't seem right. Even if you don't think it's worth anything, it's all the puzzle pieces that need to be added up. Every little bit helps. Because this one looked like, from what he said, it's like light on the front, two flashing red and green lights. That is either a drone or an airplane. But at 200 feet, I don't care if it's an airplane, a single prop, yeah. you are going to hear Yeah, you're going to hear. It's going to make some kind of noise. Uh, wow. <laughs> that is pretty wild. No, there, there's a lot of that. Even if, uh, like I said, I think we've talked about it before. There was that one morning I went out and just kept seeing lights going by. Yep. And I was like, oh, fuck, what is going on here? And then, you know, talking with you, you're like, oh, yeah, it's this uh, satellite system. I was like, oh, shit, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. And we can explain that away. I may have said this, but my brother, Jesse, <laughs> the first time he saw it was July 4th or July 5th, two years ago. Oh, yeah. And he saw it. And I said, hey, look at that. And he's like, what the fuck? That ain't right. And I'm like, it's just satellites, dude. It's yeah, not UFOs. Yeah. He's like, how do you know? I'm like, I can't. It's Starlink, I said. It's yeah. satellites so we can have yeah. internet. Yep. But yeah, no, that, at first glance, it is one of those things where it's like, oh, man, there's something going through the sky. Hey, not a plane. It's not going, oh, there's another one. And there's another one. There, I, I'm up to 23. What the hell is going on here? Yep. And it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, and things like that. Even it's like, hey, you see this? And maybe it is something we can explain away and be like, oh, yeah, I've seen that. This is what you're seeing. Other times, maybe we don't know what that is. And yep. I want that story, too. Yep. All right, folks, that's all we got. It's a little short bonus episode. Everybody be safe. Have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you later. Bye.